Chapter Thirty of The Four Feathers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gary Oldman. The Four Feathers by A. E. W. Mason. The Last of the Southern Cross. The wind blew keen and cold from the north. The camels, freshened by it, trotted out at their fastest pace. Quicker, said Trench between his teeth. Already Idris may have missed us. Even if he has, replied Feversham, it will take time to get men together for a pursuit, and those men must fetch their camels, and already it is dark. But although he spoke hopefully, he turned his head again and again towards the glare of light above Umdurin. He could no longer hear the tapping of the drums. That was some consolation. But he was in a country of silence, where men could journey swiftly and yet make no noise. There would be no sound of galloping horses to warn him that pursuit was at his heels. Even at that moment, the Ansar soldiers might be riding within thirty paces of them. And Feversham strained his eyes backwards into the darkness, and expected the glimmer of a white turban. Trench, however, never turned his head. He rode with his teeth set, looking forward. Yet fear was no less strong in him than in Feversham. Indeed, it was stronger, for he did not look back towards Omdurman because he did not dare. And, though his eyes were fixed directly in front of him, the things which he really saw were the long, narrow streets of the town behind him the dotted fires at the corners of the streets and the men running hither and thither among the houses making their quick search for the two prisoners escaped from the house of stone once his attention was diverted by a word from feversham and he answered without turning his head what is it i no longer see the fires of omdurin the golden blot eh very low down trench answered in an abstracted voice Feversham did not ask him to explain what his allusion meant, nor could Trench have disclosed why he had spoken it. The words had come back to him suddenly with a feeling that it was somehow appropriate that the vision which was the last thing to meet Feversham's eyes as he set out upon his mission, he should see again now that that mission was accomplished. They spoke no more until two figures rose out of the darkness in front of them, at the very feet of their camels, and abu fatma cried in a low voice instana they halted their camels and made them kneel the new camels are here asked abu fatma and two of the men disappeared for a few minutes and brought four camels up meanwhile the saddles were unfashioned and removed from the camels trench and his companion had ridden out of omdurin they are good camels asked feversham as he helped to fix the saddles upon the fresh ones of the Anafi breed, answered Abu Fatma. Quick, quick! And he looked anxiously to the east and listened. The arms, said Trance, you have them? Where are they? And he bent his body and searched the ground for them. In a moment, said Abu Fatma. But it seemed that Trench could hardly wait for that moment to arrive. He showed even more anxiety to handle the weapons that he had shown fear than he would be overtaken. There is ammunition, he asked feverishly. Yes, yes, replied Abu Fatma, ammunition and rifles and revolvers. 
he led the way to a spot about twenty yards from the camels where some long desert grass rustled about their legs he stooped and dug into the soft sand with his hands here he said trench flung himself upon the ground beside him and scooped with both hands making all the while an inhuman whimpering sound with his mouth like the noise a foxhound makes at a cover there was something rather horrible to feversham in his attitude as he scraped at the ground on his knees at the action of his hands quick like movements of a dog's paw and in the whine of his voice he was sunk for the time into an animal in a moment or two trench's fingers touched the lock and trigger of a rifle and he became a man again he stood up quietly with the rifle in his hands the other arms were unearthed the ammunition shared now said trench and he laughed with a great thrill of joy in his life now i don't mind let them follow from omdurman one thing is certain now i shall never go back there no not even if they overtake us and he fondled the rifle which he held and spoke to it as though it lived two of the arabs mounted the old camels and rode slowly away to omdurman abu fatma and the other remained with the fugitives they mounted and trotted northeastwards no more than a quarter of an hour had elapsed since they had first halted at abu fatma's word all that night they rode through the halfa grass and mimosa trees and went but slowly but they came about sunrise on to a flat bare ground broken with small hillocks are the effendi tired asked abu fatma will they stop and eat there is food upon the saddle of each camel no we can eat as we go dates and bread and a draught of water from zamshea made up their meal and they ate it as they sat their camels there indeed now that they were free of the long desert grass trotted at their quickest pace and at sunset that evening they stopped and rested for an hour all through the night they rode and the next day straining their own endurance and that of the beasts they were mounted on now ascending on to high and rocky ground now traversing a valley and now trotting fast across plains of honey-coloured sand yet to each man the pace seemed always as slow as a funeral a mountain would lift itself above the rim of the horizon at sunrise and for the whole livelong day it stood before their eyes and was never a foot higher or an inch nearer at times some men tilling a scanty patch of sorghum would send the fugitives heart leaping in their throats and they must make a wide detour or again a caravan would be sighted in the far distance by the keen eyes of abu fatma and they made their camels kneel and lay crouched behind a rock with their loaded rifles in their hands ten miles from abu Klia, a relay of fresh camels awaited them and upon these they travelled keeping a day's march westward of the nile through the desert country of the Ababde, and came in sight of a broad grey track stretching across their path the road from berber to merawi said abu fatma north of it we turn east to the river we cross the road tonight and if god wills tomorrow evening we have crossed the nile if god wills said trench if only he wills and he glanced about him in a fear which only increased the nearer they drew toward safety they were in a country traversed by the caravans 
it was no longer safe to travel by day they dismounted and all that day they led hidden behind a belt of shrubs upon some high ground and watched the road and the people like specks moving along it they came down and crossed it in the darkness and for the rest of that night travelled hard towards the river as the day broke abu fatma again bade them halt they were in a desolate open country whereon the smallest protection was magnified by the surrounding flatness feversham and trench gazed eagerly to their right somewhere in that direction and within the range of their eyesight flowed the nile but they could not see it we must build a circle of stone said abu fatma and you must lie close to the ground within it i will go forward to the river and see that the boat is ready that our friends are prepared for us i shall come back after dark they gathered the stones quickly and made a low wall about a foot high and within this wall feversham and trench laid themselves down upon the ground with a water skin and their rifles at their sides you have dates too said abu fatma yes then do not stir from the hiding place till i come back i will take your camels and bring you back fresh ones in the evening and in company with his fellow arab he rode off towards the river trench and feversham dug out the sand within the stones and lay down watching the horizon between the interstices for both of them this perhaps was the longest days of their lives they were so near to safety and set and yet not safe to trench's thinking it was longer than a night in a house of stone and to feversham's longer than even one of those days six years back when he had sat in his rooms above st john's park and waited for the night to fall before he dared venture out into the streets they were so near to berber and the pursuit must needs be close behind feversham lay wondering how he had ever found the courage to venture himself in berber they had no shade to protect him all day the sun burnt pitilessly upon their backs and within the narrow circle of stones they had no room wherein to move they spoke hardly at all the sunset however came at last the friendly darkness gathered about them and a cool wind rustled through the darkness across the desert listen said trench and both men as they strained their ears heard the soft padding of camels very near at hand a moment later a low whistle brought them out of their shelter we are here said feversham quietly god be thanked said abu fatma i have good news for you and bad news too the boat is ready our friends are waiting for us camels are prepared for you on the caravan track by the river bank to abu hamad but your escape is known and the roads and the ferries are closely watched before sunrise we must have struck inland from the eastern bank of the nile they crossed the river cautiously about one o'clock in the morning sank the boat upon the far side of the stream the camels were waiting for them and they travelled inland and more slowly than suited the anxiety of the fugitives for the ground was thickly covered with boulders and the camels could seldom proceed at any pace faster than a walk and all through the next day they lay hidden again within a ring of stones while the camels were removed to some high ground where they could graze during the next night however they made good progress and coming to the grove abu hamid in two days 
rested for twelve hours there and mounted upon a fresh relay from abu hamid their road lay across the great nubian desert nowadays the traveller may journey through the two hundred and forty miles of that waterless plain of cold black rock and yellow sand and sleep in his berth upon the way the morning will show to him perhaps a tent a great pile of coal a water tank and a number painted on a white signboard and the stoppage of the train will afford him that he has come to a station let him put his head from the window he will see the long line of telegraph poles reaching from the sky's rim behind him to the sky's rim in front and huddling together as it seems with less and less space between them the farther they are away twelve hours will enclose the beginning and end of his journey unless the engine breaks down or the rail be blocked but in the days when feversham and trench escaped from omdurman progression was not so easy a matter they kept eastward of the present railway and along the line of wells among the hills and on the second night of this stage of their journey trench shook feversham by the shoulders and waked him up look he said and he pointed to the south to-night there's no southern cross his voice broke with emotion for every night of six years until this night i have seen the southern cross how often have i lain awake watching it wondering whether the night would ever come when i should not see these four slanting stars i tell you feversham this is the first moment when i have really dared to think that we should escape both men sat up and watched the southern sky with prayers of thankfulness in their hearts and when they fell asleep it was only to wake up again and again with a fear that they would after all still see that constellation blazing low down towards the earth and to fall asleep again confident of the issue of their desert ride at the end of seven days they came to shof el ain a tiny well set in a barren valley between featureless ridges and by the side of that well they camped they were in the country of the amrab arabs and had come to an end of their peril we are safe cried abu fatma god is good northwards to assurian westward to wadi hafa we are safe and spreading a cloth upon the ground in front of the kneeling camels he heaped dura before them he even went so far in his gratitude as to pat one of the animals upon the neck and it immediately turned upon him and snarled trench reached out his hand to feversham thank you he said simply no need of thanks answered feversham and he did not take the hand i served myself from first to last you have learned the churlessness of a camel cried trench a camel will carry you where you want to go will carry you till it drops dead and yet if you show your gratitude it resents and bites hang it all feversham there's my hand feversham untied a knot in the breast of his jibber and took out three white feathers two small the feathers of a heron and the other large one an ostrich feather broken from a fan will you take yours back yes you know what to do with it yes there shall be no delay feversham wrapped the remaining feathers carefully away in a corner of his ragged jibber and tied them safe we shake hands then 
said he and as their hands met he added tomorrow morning we part company part company you and i after the year in omdurman the weeks of flight exclaimed trench why there's nothing no more to be done castleton's dead you keep the feather which he sent but he is dead you can do nothing with it you must come home yes answered feversham but after you certainly not with you you go on to assawan and cairo at each place you will find friends to welcome you i shall not go with you trench was silent for a while he understood feversham's reluctance he saw that it would be easier for feversham if he were to tell his story first to ethne eustace and without feversham's presence i ought to tell you no one knows why you resigned your commission or of the feathers we sent we never spoke of it we agreed never to speak for the honour of the regiment i can't tell you how glad i am that we all agreed and kept the agreement he said perhaps you will see durrance said feversham if you do give him a message from me tell him that the next time he asks me to come and see him whether it is in england or wadi haifa i will accept the invitation which way will you go to wadi haifa said feversham pointing westwards over his shoulder i shall take abu fatma with me and travel slowly and quietly down the nile the other arabs will guide you into assuan they slept that night in security beside the well and the next morning they parted company trench was first to ride off as his camel rose to its feet ready for the start he bent down towards feversham who passed him the nose ring ramelton that was the name i shall not forget yes ramelton said feversham there's a ferry across lough swilly to rathmullen you must drive the twelve miles to ramelton but you may not find her there if not there i shall find her somewhere else make no mistake feversham i shall find her and trench rode forward alone with his arab guide more than once he turned his head and saw feversham still standing by the well more than once they were strongly drawn to stop and ride back to that solitary figure but he contented himself with waving his hand and even that salute was not returned feversham indeed had never thought nor eyes for the companion of his flight his six years of hard probation had come this morning to an end and yet he was more sensible of a certain loss and vacancy than of any joy for six years through many trials through many falterings his mission had strengthened and sustained him it seemed to him now that there was nothing more wherewith to occupy his life ethne no doubt she was long since married and there came upon him all at once a great bitterness of despair for that futile unnecessary mistake made by him six years ago he saw again the room in london overlooking the quiet trees and lawns of st james park he heard the knock upon the door he took the telegram from his servant's hand he roused himself finally with the recollection that after all the work was not quite done there was his father who just at this moment was very likely reading his times after breakfast upon the terrace of broad place among the pine trees upon the surrey hills he must visit his father he must take the fourth feather back to ramelton 
there was a telegram too which must be sent to lieutenant such at suakin he mounted his camel and rode slowly with abu fatna westwards towards wadi halfa but the sense of loss did not pass from him that day nor his anger at the act of folly which had brought about his downfall the wooded slopes of romelton were very visible to him across the shimmer of the desert air in the greatness of his depression harry feversham upon this day for the first time doubted his faith in the afterwards End of chapter 30